then I will do the intro. I've got, oh, that, the bad sexy song stuck in my head. Don't you sing that song at me. I was trying to do the intro. I was literally said, I'm about to do the intro, and Tiago starts singing. Not even, like, it's, it's like, yeah. it's automatopoeia, you know? <laughs> Welcome to Updated Autopsy Report, a podcast from Yotsuben and Friends where we replay the entire Ace Attorney series with longtime fans and newcomers. I'm your host, Ben, and with me today is Desi. Hello. And two good friends of ours, Tiago. Yo. And Rose. Hi. If you are a first-time listener, Desi and I are the longtime fans, and Rose and Tiago are the newcomers to the series. We hope that through both of our perspectives as we play through the series, It'll reveal new details and provide interesting commentary for games that are near and dear to us. Today, we have all played through the first case of Ace Attorney Investigations, Miles Edgeworth, the first spinoff game in the Ace Attorney series. Uh, so this is the first time we've all been playing mainline games up until this point. This is the first time where we've had a spinoff happen. Uh, so this is called is titled Ace Attorney Investigations, colon, Miles Edgeworth. It's a bit of a mouthful, so most of the time people just call it Ace Attorney Investigations. Uh, this first case is Turnabout Visitor, and this is this is a tutorial case, as usually is with the first case in the game, which opens with Miles Edgeworth returning to his office late at night after a month abroad. Upon entering his strangely unlocked office, he finds a dead body of a detective named Buddy Faith, nicknamed Jim. A shadowy figure appears behind him and threatens him by shooting his framed prosecutor jacket and then backs out of the office, escaping. Upon alerting the police, Gumshoe shows up, along with other officers, to begin the investigation, and as he and Edgeworth begin to piece things together, they are in interrupted by Jacques Sportsman, a.k.a. Jacques Sportsman. Wow. A young up-and-coming prosecutor who recently moved into the office next door to Edgeworth. Uh, as you might imagine, given that we are the players are fully in the know, and it is a tutorial case, we're operating by Columbo rules. We've seen the culprit already in the little intro video. Uh, Jacques is our main suspect, and he accuses Gumshoe of the crime due to a gum uh, to a uh, blood stain, excuse me, that writes out Gumshoe's name. Uh, then, once Edgeworth disproves that, uh, Jacques moves on to accusing Maggie Bird, who also shows up here in a fun uh, little cameo and is working the front desk as a security guard. After a few close calls with Edgeworth and gathering more evidence to prove that Jocks created essentially a case of mistaken identity for the doorway to Edgeworth's office, then Edgeworth, Gumshoe, and Maggie put all the evidence together to prove that Jocks murdered his detective partner, Jim. However, there is one dangling thread left hanging at the end. There had to be a second gunman that evening, so who was it? 
Why? Well, this card that just happens to appear at the very end for this modern Robin Hood, the Yatagarasu, that might just be the answer. Uh, so yes, so this was the tutorial case for Ace Attorney Investigations. Um, first off, I want to ask a question to Rose and Tiago, who are playing this game for the first time. Dear listener, if you have not seen this game before, there is something drastically different about it compared to other Ace Attorney games, which is that you have a little tiny sprite of Miles Edgeworth that you can control, and you walk around the world. <laughs> it's a little, little like, a four-directional plane that you can walk around with him on. You got little buttons on the touchpad to move him around. So you walk around and walk up to things, and then, you know, press the button to interact with them and investigate things. So, uh... What did you guys think of this big change <laughs> to the game? Did you know it was uh, on the way? Had you ever seen screenshots before playing this? Uh, say, Rose, I guess we'll start with I, you. I had seen one screenshot by accident, and it was like sort of looked like a like a Miles in a gumshoe walking. Um, mm -hmm. But I immediately closed my eyes and covered my ears. <laughs> um, so I... I didn't realize I could control them. I thought I would just like click on an area and they would walk to it, a la like uh, every point and click adventure game. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can make him run around in circles, and I love it. <laughs> uh, Tiago, were you in the loop on this? Yeah, I was in the loop. I uh, <laughs> I saw someone post a screenshot of this earlier and was like, "All right, there's a little sprite. It's very like space questy. It's very like." It's a yeah, it's a tiny I was sprite. King's Quest was sort of how it was going to be, where you like direct your little man. But... I mean, I feel like in I feel like wait, are you implying that in King's Quest you can't just like use the arrow buttons to move around? Well, yeah, you click and he walks to it. That's what well, I was thinking. Yeah, I is that how felt... it is on the on something else? I don't know what everyone's playing on. Uh, me neither. Uh, the the point legally, is, is the... legally no, obtained obtained Nintendo DS. Yeah, no, uh, you just have direct control over them on all platforms, as far as I'm aware. Um, yeah. it's a bizarre. It's funny to see a little Miles Edgeworth do all the emotes that they normally do. Right. Um, <laughs> we get but in little tiny sprite versions of them. Yeah, we have His little like... shocked pose is so cute as always. <laughs> Is the artist different on this one? Because I feel like the sprites, that like Miles Edgeworth sprites, are different. Because like when you do go into conversation, they do do the um. Everyone's at like three quarters position, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. like, why not? That's I guess the most interesting angle. It's the most interesting angle. So we got three quarters Miles Edgeworth. We got three quarters of Glumshoe. We got three quarters Maggie Bird. Three quarters Jack Sport. Um, right. And it's, I was looking is... at these sprites, and I was like, that's not reg- Gumshoe's eyes are, like, smaller on this sprite. Yeah. This is this is a different- a slightly different artist than the main games. Um, but this is Iwamoto, uh, who's doing these. So, um, he was main character designer on 2 and 3. Uh, and then- uh, then he also was main character designer on 4, and then- uh investigations one here so it was kind of like he he had a mix uh i'm looking at a list right now of his characters that he designed and so he helped design like characters like april may marvin grossberg oh, april von may. karma you know yeah <laughs> jesus uh because i i looked at gumshoe and i was like you look more 
ragged. You look like yeah, you're about to heal, like, heal over. Yeah, he did secondary character designs on uh, Ace Attorney 4, so there he did Drew Misham, Spark Brushel, Romaine Lettuce. Alright, uh, so we have him to Darian blame for Persand, all that. And, you know, so <laughs> they, they, they had, he was kind of like, uh, you know, not the main artist, but like he would come in and do character designs, and this is like the first time that he has like a full game, you know, where he is the lead, uh, you know, artist on it. Yeah, because like there's a distinct look to Gumshoe now. He looks different. Um, I think I mean, that you had to the redraw them either way. You have to accept how it is. Yeah, <laughs> I listen. I like it. I'm not anything against it. It's just that, like this Gumshoe in particular looks like mildly punished Gumshoe. <laughs> like a it's like fully punished underpaid gumshoe as <laughs> well where is this in the timeline has he met francisca yet absolutely i think yeah th- you'll get some more details about exactly okay. where i'll the find timeline out where we are in the- okay yeah. that's Don't fair worry. the answer to my questions can always be no rose so funnily enough i actually have a uh tidbit about some of the character designs because i was doing some reading uh, on interviews of the staff that worked on the game, and uh, this is a little out of order for my notes, but uh, there's a great tidbit from Iwamoto when he talks about uh, when he was doing the character designs for the game. He says, uh, and again, this is from Gyakuten Saiban Library. Thank you so much, Ash, for all the translations that you do there. I owe you it's $5, a, Yeah, <laughs> I it's, You it's, it's are an honorary member of the resource. podcast. I'll give you a badge. Uh, but uh, So Iwamoto says, Quote, we luckily didn't run out of ideas for this game. I also tried to draw the girls in a cute way. Parentheses laugh. <laughs> Close parentheses. Ishira. I'll be the you... judge of that. Yeah, Ishira then said, you even declared that on the event stage at the game show. I believe this might mean TGS. And Iwamoto says, I was very glad when a fan who had played the, played the online demo on the official Gyakuten Kenji website told me that he, they thought Maggie Bird had become sexier. <laughs> Yo, dead ass she has, though. <laughs> I think I she was it. beautiful the whole time. It was she, the trauma. You All know what? If she wasn't dressed as a cop anymore, maybe that's what does it. And she's got a track jacket now, and everyone knows that jocks are hot. Now, what Is about jocks? Jock? No. What? Uh... what about jocks sportsmen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Diago, you walked into that one. <laughs> I, is he hot? What the f- I laid you guys up for a dunk. What do you mean? <laughs> I, so, Jock Sportsman. Um, this guy, hair's... he is he's the young prodigy prosecutor. The new kid on the block. Oh, his hair is dumb. And he's his super into sports. I think he, he looks dumb. I think his you hair is like, bad. You don't like his hair? His ha- I don't like I his, hate hair. his hair. I hate his hair. I'm glad you agree oh. with me, Tiago. <laughs> Nobody likes his hair. No. Looks bad. Yeah, I, it's like he's got that band on around his forehead to like hold his hair down, and if he takes it off, it would pop up straight in the air. Is it supposed to I, look like helmet hair? Because he's a sports sports dude. He doesn't uh, play any sports that requires a helmet, though. He plays all the sports. No, he plays basketball, soccer, tennis, and one more. And How none do you of think them he gets to work, Tiago. Uh, what you wear a helmet? How do you think he gets polo? to work. Wait, what was yeah, Dessa's question? He, he's not a jockey. He plays like four he, sports. How do you think he gets to work? How do you think he gets? He I, runs. My my point is similar to Dessa's, which is I think you wear a helmet in polo. Does he play polo? 
Maybe. It looks like he does. The game listed four sports he plays, and as far as I'm aware, I'm wondering all the assumption that there's no other sport. <laughs> he plays basketball, tennis, soccer, and a fourth one. Now that fourth soccer one is football for our non American friends. <laughs> what the f- yeah, I guess. Um That's not now, our fault. We I don't here. recall what the fourth sport was, but from those top three, they don't require a helmet. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go hot. Des and mm-hmm. I were suggesting non uh, suggesting helmeted sports. I'm I I'm going to you want to bet? He's <laughs> gone. Wanna... We're never going to see him again. No, I'm going to bet that he the fourth sport is not a helmeted sport. And then we will look up that sport. Okay. I can't I can't <laughs> right now, Tiago. $1. The one oh American God, doll no, again. We, not, not for this. Not over this I'll, man. Look at him. <laughs> this is the perfect time to do it. He's worth nothing. Well, it's all game. His value went up very, very slightly because he swallows his medal at the end. He does swallow his medal at the end. He, his breakdown animation is so over the top and he freaks out so badly that he swallows his medal that's hanging around his neck the whole time. Oh, uh, I, I think... Did... Oh, go ahead. No, you go. Oh, I was going to say, I did like, despite the fact that his character design was infuriating, I did like his animation where he constantly takes off his, like, stupid sports jacket and then puts it back on and then takes it off and then puts it back on. I was like, you're so annoying. But, like, that was good design for his animation. The first, like, person we arrest per game must be really annoying. I feel like that's a good, like, thorough line for all first cases. Because I remember um, Fire Extinguisher guy, and he was really annoying. Because yeah. he hit us in the head with a Fire Extinguisher, giving us amnesia, and there's nothing more annoying than amnesia. <laughs> you um, did love that guy, though, and I think you were right. I mean, I, I do I love him, but I, I do think he's annoying, though. Um, so this case, I, I feel like it's important to mention that like when Miles Edgeworth enters the room, there is a figure standing there with a gun that's pointed at Miles Edgeworth's back, being like, don't move. And then Miles Edgeworth doesn't move because he's very good at listening to directions. And then the the shadowy figure shoots the frame jacket on the wall, but doesn't pierce the jacket. Very important. It's just the frame that gets hurt. The jacket's fine. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. The jacket's okay. (laughs) Um, The frame falls, and then the shadowy figure leaves the room. This was not Jock who just, who shot, God, Buddy Faith. I was about to call him Buddy Holly. Yeah, Buddy Faith, also <laughs> called Jim. Weirdly enough, yeah, Jocks keeps calling him Jim the whole time. Which is when really kind of rude. It's fucked up. It's yeah, straight up then, fucked up. And then, yeah, when we look at his ID, it's just, his name's Buddy. <laughs> it's like, not even anywhere close. You're just they, calling him something else entirely. They, If you ask him about that, he goes like, yeah, Jim's a better name for him. And everyone's just like, you can't just decide that. <laughs> it's what the like, fuck? The shittiest version of when you're teaching a class and you call all the kids, like, honey and, like, pumpkin. And then they're all like, it's because you can't remember our names, isn't it? And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Damn, yeah, that was specific. Oh, um, that's a real story, folks. It is a real story. So, yes, story. This, this, this guy, this mysterious shadowy figure, figure, excuse me, who has a gun up against Edgeworth's back, in the intro, this is an entirely separate incident that happens immediately following the murder. So, yeah. and then this figure backs away, 
after shooting the wall to like threaten Edgeworth, and Edgeworth is very cool and he is not intimidated by firearms. No, uh, he's not scared at all, <laughs> even though he totally probably would be. Yeah. No, if the room shook, he'd be on the floor, but Oh right. god, yeah. I hope an if, earthquake yeah, happens. That's true. <laughs> true. And so yeah, so we this is kind of lingering over the case the whole time as you're trying to solve it, because you're like, well the gun that murdered Buddy only fired one bullet, so why is there a second bullet now from this other figure? And then, of course, then you have to come down on, oh, there's two gunmen. This is a separate incident, <laughs> you know. Um, something important to note is uh, Jock Portsman, asshole, had a basketball hoop inside installed in the hallway. <laughs> this, is the, this is the best bit. So I don't know if anybody stupid. else lo- lost it as well, because I forgot about this plot point. So I'm walking out of Edgeworth's room, right? And you get into the hall segment where you can walk left and right. Uh, and I start to delightful. walk right. I wa- start to walk right and you just see this basketball hoop come into view. And I just started losing it again. And I go, <laughs> oh my God, I remember the twist. I remember the trick. So um... I just lost it. <laughs> oh, so good. I got distracted because uh, Winston Payne was there. And when you talk to him, he's like, oh, you know, Prosecutor Edgeworth, you know, feel free to ask your elders for any help. I'll be of service. And Edgeworth is like, cool, thank you. Then you walk away and he has a dialogue that's like, I don't fucking remember who that is. (laughs) Straight up, Winston Payne doesn't even get, like, a name. He gets other prosecutor. (laughs) Unnamed prosecutor. Edgeworth has no idea who that man is. He's one of three prosecutors in, in the entirety of L.A. County. And uh, no so clue. Good. Um, we jumped ahead a little bit. Um, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so like, yeah. so back when you're investigating in Miles Edgeworth's room, you get to walk around. And you get to touch things. Um, yeah. and we should talk about what his powers are, I guess. Too. Yeah, the new this gameplay. is a, yeah, yeah. He he uses the most interesting power of all, which is labeled logic. Just press the logic <laughs> button. I just think with my brain cell. So it's if you get like. Ability. Tell if you were secret, secret, where did you get your secret power? The library. <laughs> he destroys his Reddit. opponents with the facts and logic. Oh, and he has another button that's called organizer. That's where all uh, your stuff is. He's it's not got a court record. It's his organizer. Yeah, you know? it's his organizer. He's got it all in his little bullet journal. And as you're looking at like a scene, you can use the deduce button where you apply evidence to something inside the scene to make a deduction. Right. How did we lose to Phoenix? <laughs> Ever. We, we lost to Phoenix through sheer fucky luck. This man like keeps getting the golden gacha ball every time he's in a court case. <laughs> um, oh, fair. So, so whenever you like have a thought, it like goes into your logic folder, and then you get to like combine two thoughts in your logic to try to make it make sense. And if you don't get it right, you lose meter and. Miles Edgeworth says, I must remain calm, otherwise the truth will slip away. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is like, okay, man, whatever you say. But, like, it's just so fucking funny to me that, like, I, they, I think an important gameplay thing is that they've changed the, like, met the amount of, like, punishment you receive for fucking up something in logic-wise. Because if you fuck up a logic thought, it's, like, pretty small. It's minor. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, in the previous games, where like if you fuck up five times during a court case, you're dead. Right. 
Um, and I yeah, appreciate I, that. I fucked up a little. I got confused. I forget what I got confused about, so it couldn't have been that important. I, I mean, yeah, no, this this but case was, like... I just multiple-choiced a question and got it wrong, like, two out of three times, and I was like, oh, man. It's a good yeah, you thing can... Gumshoe can't tell. Yeah, Gumshoe can't tell. Um, this game's very good because you have a talk to Gumshoe button, and that's my favorite button. <laughs> uh, Gumshoe is following him behind you like a little puppy dog, and he is like, hey, what's up, boss? And he's and your boss, you, Miles Edgeworth, the boss, is like, hmm, I, I will now ask you a question, and Gumshoe will answer it, and then Edgeworth will go, I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> and then ask move him on. to explain something, Miles spends the entire time going, yes, I knew that already. And I'm like, shh. I'm so fucking <laughs> arrogant mean. about He's it. Bitchy. Edrith is pretty mean to Gumshoe in this. I don't know if anybody else felt that, like, every once in a while, I was just like, okay, Dude, Edgeworth, you know what? Lay just, off of him. Yeah, give Gumshoe a break. I'm begging you. Yeah, <laughs> down. He's one of those Digimon trainers who, like, talks down to his Digimon. And the Digimon in question here is Gumshoe. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know a lot about Digimon, like, full disclosure, but... Me neither, it's the fad that the I'm kinda, into. the kind of Digimon trainers that get killed because of the new Digimon being horror-themed? Well, no, well, uh, <laughs> Digimon survives spoilers! I was gonna say, we can't get into start talking about Digimon You're in the right, middle of my Ace Attorney podcast. It's my bad, but, listen, it's my yeah, new so- hyperfixation, so I have to move on. Yeah. The point is, is that... Um, Edgeworth is a little too mean to Gumshoe, and I think he should lay off just a little bit, give Gumshoe a treat, and apologize. Mm-hmm. Imagine Gumshoe so- standing behind... Everything is the same. Gumshoe standing behind Edgeworth, and it's just... He has a tail, and it's constantly wagging, no matter what. Yeah, it is. No matter <laughs> what. That sounds like something for somebody else, but I respect you. Um, He's just happy to be so- there. So you get to <laughs> you get to investigate your room... Uh, they, like, all the, you, like, it's a weird logic puzzle, because, like, fucking things were reorganized, and Gumshoe says, I didn't organize it that way, I organized your room perfectly. Right. And, and Edgeworth is like, I of course know this, and therefore, the villain must have deduction. Um, so that's how you, like, solve the mystery of, like, it was clearly someone who wasn't someone who was supposed to be here. And it's like, alright, man, whatever, I, at this point... I kind of lost the thread when we went over that, and I was just like, yeah, whatever Edgeworth says, I kind of go along with it. <laughs> uh, also, if you go along the room, you get to talk, look at the bouquet, and you, uh, Edgeworth thinks about Wendy Oldberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you also get to inspect the Steel Samurai statue, and uh, Gumshoe's like, do you know anything about that series? And then Edgeworth's like, no, I don't know much, except about the main Steel Samurai series and the Pink Princess and all the... He like lists out all the details. God and Gumshoe's like, you, you sure do know a lot about it, Edgeworth, for not knowing a lot about it. Dude, Miles Edgeworth is based tokusatsu fan. Yep. <laughs> like, that's... Yeah. The best part about him is that he would love Kamen Rider. I think he would like Kamen Rider over Sentai because Kamen Rider has like a little bit of an edgier theme to it. And it follows a solitary rider, whereas Sentai is about a team. And Miles Edgeworth isn't really a team fella. Mm-hmm. Um, so to uh, basically summarize, like your first segment then is your first, you know, you're investigating. Jacques shows up and he kind of, you know, wails a bit, like acting like he's really broken up about Buddy dying. And then uh, eventually he kind of kicks you out, essentially, because he's like, get out of here. You know, 
after he accuses both Gumshoe and Maggie, you know, back to back. He's like, get out of here. We're doing an investigation. And so he's like, I'm the prosecutor assigned to this case. You guys should leave. So that's when you go out into the hallway. And then you start to, like, dig up some more details out there. You find, uh, you know, you find the ripped, uh, the book uh, that was missing from the bookshelf out in the hallway underneath the bench. And you also then find the basketball hoop. And notice that uh, it hasn't been placed back exactly where it was supposed to be. There's a little bit of an indentation in the floor next to it uh, so that you can tell that it's been moved recently. Um, quick note is that it's a binder containing evidence from a previous case. Um, and the case. binder is... Uh, some case, I don't know. It doesn't matter. The, the case uh, that got completed by the prosecutor who previously had Miles's office. Correct. Who Wouldn't that be Von Karma? Maybe. Not necessarily. I We will find out more details because here's the thing. They name that case. They call it the KG-8 incident. And if they give it a number, then you know it's going to be important. It's going to be back. Also, <laughs> Miles' motivation for solving this is nobody does murder in my office and also breaks uh my tea set. My fucking That's tea said, bro. That's his motivation for solving. <laughs> I was wondering how we were going to have a prosecutor, like, in solving, investigate. investigating and solving crimes in the same, like, in a similar format. And I was like, are we actually going to prosecute people who are guilty for once? Maybe. Mm -hmm. But no, this was just, hey, you broke my tea set and I'm going to get you. Um, <laughs> I mean, when I fucking get you. Yeah. You said is it actually KG eight? Is I that believe, the? I believe that it is. I you so. said that, and my brain immediately went to the crazy eight fucking Tarantino film, and I was like, "Wait, what?" The hateful eight. Yes, the hateful eight. God, <laughs> no! Crazy eight is the move in Mario Kart eight when you get the eight item. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> We're mixing and matching. I was like, "Going, so everybody. We're things, doing right. great today. Just keep going until you're right. Just keep going until you're right." <laughs> okay. Um. So there's some case files stolen in there. Um, fucking, those files are gone. Those files are gone. They were in a binder. They're no longer in that binder. That binder doesn't matter anymore. It's barely relevant to the case at this Completely point. Completely whooshed away. Yeah. yeah. Um, you go outside. Winston Payne's there. He doesn't fucking matter. The basketball hoop is there. God, what a fucking asshole gets an indoor basketball hoop. Like, <laughs> he couldn't just apply one of those fucking office basketball hoops with a small little basketball. He had to get a actual fucking basketball hoop. He's gotta get the real deal. <laughs> um, Maggie Bird is, after Gumshoe was accused for being the killer due to a bloody message, uh, Jock is accused uh, Maggie, and Maggie's like, I didn't do it, the key was stolen. And then, uh, we're not gonna go through every fucking, like, we shouldn't go through every fucking bit in this case, because this is a short it case. It's fine, it, yeah. But the, the master is, key is the is the critical bit here because Maggie says it was stolen at one point, and the aspect that's crucial here for giving uh giving the reason why Portsman could be in is that he asks to be let into his office by Maggie. So he he said to Maggie, "Hey, can you get me into my office? I forgot my key." She walks him up to his office, unlocks his door, lets him in. Now, here's the thing. Unbeknownst to Maggie, this is what Edgeworth deduces notice, from noticing the basketball hoop being moved, is that Portsman moved his basketball hoop over one door to Edgeworth's. Maggie didn't take a close look at the number in the dark and just let him into Edgeworth's uh, office. 
And that is how Portsman was able to gain access to it without having the key. So uh, so that's kind of the critical thing that you get to do some fun uh, fingerprinting check uh, stuff where you're not actually doing the dusting yourself. You just get to order a police officer to do it for you. This uh, is how the prosecution <laughs> does things. Yeah, it's very I, funny. If this is how the process goes... If this is how the process is normally supposed to go, it is a fucking miracle that Phoenix Wright wins every case. It is, like, by all accounts, we should not have won any case that we were in. Right. But (laughs) by gum, we did. I think I can win any case if given the ability to fingerprint. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's true. (laughs) Listen, I like Edgeworth being like, make it so, and having it happen. I also, I do want to spray the powder and, uh blow on my ds i want to see it you want the ds features <laughs> i watch uh, too much forensic files it's all bullshit i know it's all bullshit but let me have a good time um uh desi one thing i wanted to ask you i remember you saying way back and i don't remember if this was on the podcast or not but you said that after you'd gotten into ace attorney this was the first game that you went out and bought day one the day it came yep. out right yep 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 how was like your experience playing this for the first time as somebody who had been like did you pay attention to the pre-release coverage like trailers oh, or fuck no. you so were no, you surprised I wasn't, by I all wasn't the new on that part differences of the internet yet no I remember I had this was after the con I had played the first game the second game and the third game and then Apollo Justice and this was right around when this game was coming out. I had just kind of happened to notice that this game was coming out at that time. Because it was just that time. And I was looking for other Ace Attorney games to play. I thought there were way more than that. Um, But this one came out. I remember buying it. I was at my uncle's house. And I played through it all in like six hours. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so you binged it. The, I okay. literally sat and played it nonstop for six hours, and then so I've I've a chance to actually finish this on time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have no, you I... not been finishing this on time? I have. I've. I don't know if it hasn't been obvious to everyone. I've been cutting it down to the wire a couple of times. Uh, well, yeah, it's, that it's that not was... my fault. But <laughs> wait, don't you make the decision to play it like two days before the fucking uh, record? I mean, the decision gets made, but is it really by me? Or is it the goblin that's living in my brain, uh, pulling levers? <laughs> I mean... Now, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm letting that one go, and I'm circling back around to Desi real quick here, then. How much do you remember from this game? Now, I'm not asking for spoilers here, but, like, how much do you recall the overarching plot? you want plot? the honest answer? Yeah, I want the honest answer. The no, only why? thing I remember about this game is that there were sprites that moved around. <laughs> okay. I do not remember So this is basically else. all fresh to you otherwise. Yeah, I played it one time, six hours, and then I, ba- I basically didn't touch it again. Just shotgunned it, and now it's evaporated. Yeah. <laughs> eh, no wow. worries. Um, when did so, this game come out again? Uh, this game came out in... Why don't I have this right in front of me? Ah, oh, just someone load up the game. It's on the it's on the title screen. Two thousand nine. It was two years before yes. we started dating. Okay, there you go. The, uh, for those keeping track, you now have the timeline of when Ben and Des started dating. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking doxing well, yourself once again. What can they do with that? Yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> they can't write that, write that down in your little books. 
Yeah. <laughs> Take notes. There will be a quiz at the end yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> All right, quiz. Who won the bet between me and Rose? When did Ben and Des start Which... dating? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Which bet so far? Which bet? Yeah. Okay. Right. So plotting forward. Yeah. Go, you go, go. then you've got all the evidence. You are running. You run back into the office and you're like, "Guess what, Jocks? I know you did it." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And then we basically bring back a mechanic from the previous games. Now, essentially, what you're doing now is a cross examination, uh, in which. Uh, Portsman makes a couple statements that are then laid out as a testimony. They label them differently, but you know, it's it's just a testimony here. And then you have to go through a statements, pick the one that has the lie in it and either press it or put more evidence uh pre- you know, present evidence against it to uh break it apart, just like you you do would do in the previous games. So, this is probably the most familiar part of the game uh is kind of this little climactic bit. And this is, you do this, like, I think three times, right? Um, And it's, I believe, if I remember correctly, when I was playing through this here uh, on stream, is that I I really liked that it kind of gives you all the different variations. Um, His first testimony, you have to just find the right statement and present evidence to it. And then the second testimony, you have to press a statement, he will add a new statement, and then you present evidence to that new statement. And then the final one, you have to press every single statement because you can't get uh, grips on anything and you have to kind of break them apart that way. And then you can come back then for the final bit of evidence. And that's when you discover the VHS tape on his jacket. How is he holding that and no one noticed? That's a very good question. We're just, it was just I, inside I, his pixels. Don't worry about it. Um, so, like, the reason that Buddy Holly over here found Jock is because... Uh, Jock was wrestling about in Miles Edgeworth's room looking for something. We don't get told what that is, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, we were only told that only a prosecutor would know about it, and therefore we can assume that a prosecutor is responsible. And the only other prosecutor here is Jock, so it's gotta be him. Now, exactly. Buddy Holly over here brought three pieces of evidence. He said this on a piece of paper who he slipped underneath Jock's door, and Jock said to, and I slapped that motherfucker with the most basic arithmetic I could. And... <laughs> We fucking caught him. Now, quick side note is that while Ben was talking about that, Des posted a Miles Edgeworth pride throw blanket into the shit posting channel we have in our Discord. Oh, we get real time. Real time. She. I can't, this is, I can't look at this. I've got to focus. This is an updated shit posting record from the updated autopsy report. And I. Uh, this uh, will be in the show notes. Oh god, now I got to make a note of that. Uh so <laughs> you um you 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 know beat Portsman in his own game. He does his little freak out animation and uh as he freaks out, he swallows his gold medal in panic. Ew. And uh falls over and faints and uh then he gets arrested and and taken away. And someone uh, should and, like fucking do the Heimlich on him. He's going to yeah. die. Edgeworth just kind of dusts his hands and he's like all in a day's work for me. No problem here. And uh, then he goes, but so who was that mysterious shadowy figure who pointed a gun at my back? Yeah, because there was two shots instead of one. Right. So there had to be a second gun because the first gun only had one bullet missing. And so uh, an officer, a forensics guy, runs up to him and 
says, hey, Edgeworth, by the way, uh, I totally forgot to mention it to you until just now, but here's a calling card that I found in your office. That uh, forensic dude just got fired. <laughs> Dead ass? into the last second. What yeah, the Miles fuck? Miles actually should fire him. That's fair. You, during the fucking investigation, you'd think that a calling card from a, a modern-day Robin Hood would be fucking relevant. <laughs> in a murder trial in the same goddamn room that motherfucker is playing fucking solitaire on his phone or some shit <laughs> so yeah so the, you've got the three-legged raven on the card and uh this is uh edgeworth goes this is the mark of the great thief yatagarasu okay uh, which they are just keeping the original name from japanese there just because it sounds cool I believe uh, it's like a crow yokai. Yes, I think you're correct. Because there's Yatagarasumon uh, from Digimon. <laughs> that's why the Digimon comeback. Uh, <laughs> I felt a little so, about Japanese from a Japanese IP. Yeah. And uh, so uh, that's that's the basically where it fades to black then, because then Edgeworth goes, well, and little did I know that this case would be part of you know a big overarching plot that I had just started to encounter only a few days ago on my way back to the country. And then it, presumably, case two, will be a flashback to uh, Edgeworth's trip back mm -hmm. into the U.S. Uh, so that's kind of where we are left off then. Um, I did, before we wrap up here, I did have uh, two other little tidbits that I wanted to bring up, also from some of the interviews with the uh, Ace Attorney Investigation staff, the people who worked on it. Uh, Yamazaki uh, is the director for this uh, game here. Yamazaki uh, Takeshi. So he uh, was relatively uh, new uh, for this, uh, like at Capcom. Uh, let me pull up his quote here where he is talking about this development. Uh, so here's something really fun. The producer, Ashiro. Why wasn't Shu Takumi made, made director? <laughs> The artist Iwamoto and uh, game director Yamazaki. <gasps> You're going to talk about that? <laughs> Ishiro says, easy, easy. Making the game with the director of Gyakuten Saiban was definitely one of the options. But if Ace Attorney Investigations had the same director, then the game would only offer the same kind of fun. I figure that if we're going to have a different kind of game, then it might be good to have a new director too. But I couldn't have a director who didn't know what the fans liked. So I looked. If there wasn't someone who had a good grasp on the world of Gyakuten series and who could think of a new way to play. And there was. He was a bit young, though. Laughs. Yamazaki. And it was my first time as a director. <laughs> Iwamoto. A first, a first time director, a first time producer, and a first time freelance illustrator. Laughing. I said right from the start, this is dangerous. This is just too adventurous. <laughs> and they all laugh uh so i find that quote really fascinating because one the producer immediately says so why didn't takumi direct this game and the other two are like are we allowed to talk about that <laughs> which you know given that we knew that takumi was a little tired of the series makes me wonder uh you know i don't know how well known that was uh inside the company or like how how much like people talked about that, that kind of thing, but you can get a little bit of a vibe there uh, off of that, uh, off of that interview with them. And then yes, the fact that they are all uh, basically 
first time on on these games uh you know is is uh is really interesting to see how they i don't know like how they approach this game because Yamazaki then goes on to say like that he was a really big fan of the Ace Attorney series before he started working at Capcom and he started working at Capcom then directly after college. So he graduated college and his first job was going right into Capcom and he got assigned to the Ace Attorney team. Wow. (laughs) Like immediately. So like I guess some people get to have their dreams come true. Yeah. I mean, this was the early 2000s or mid mid 2000s. This would have been at that point. Um, so maybe job market was slightly different at the time, yeah, I guess, different. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I did find that quite, uh, fascinating here. And then lastly, um, they did also talk about some of their other ideas originally for this game. Uh, so Yamazaki, again, the director talking here, uh, let's see here. Originally, uh, this was going to be a mini game collection featuring the Gyakuten Saiban characters. It was also going to be the first title that Ashiro would produce. So the whole thing was like a training course for this rookie duo of me and him. And then Capcom said that they wanted a Gyakuten Saiban game, but one without trials. For example, a Gyakuten Saiban novel game or something like that. We discussed a lot of ideas, including a dating sim where you'd raise your affinity stats with the characters. If we had seriously started on any of those ideas, I doubt they'd have ended up as small games, though. Uh, the artist Iwamoto. I never heard about any of that, so all these ideas were before the project came to me, right? And then Yamazaki says, uh, I've always loved mystery fiction, and I also loved Gyakuten Saiban, so I wanted to create a mystery game, so I thought about a detective game without the trials, and arrived at the idea of chasing after the case at the scene of the crime itself. I then contemplated on what roles there'd be at the crime scene, and I figured that playing as a forensic scientist could be interesting. So that's why I decided to want to do a game with Emma Sky as the protagonist. But then Ashiro, the producer, said that he wanted Miles Edgeworth as the protagonist. He said that as the producer, he'd much prefer to have this popular character <laughs> as the protagonist. I remember how well I fought with the producer about that. You see, the producer, you know, he has a really scary look. Really, I remember I was shaking in my feet as I told him, no, we can't do that. <laughs> And artist Iwamoto again continues, Mr. Ashiro, you know, he's a senior with presence. <laughs> uh, so I I thought that was kind of fun that originally he wanted to do an Emma Sky game instead huh. uh, and have her Fucking be the protagonist wrong. and have it all be forensics, you know, and solving I the crime scene that. right there. But oh, they dude. said, no, we got to use a more popular character. We got to use Miles Edgeworth. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I didn't love how Emma Sky ended up in... Uh in uh, Apollo, but the, that being said, I would be delighted to play as her. This would have been the redemption arc Yeah, for they could have fixed though. her. It could have been great. I would have... <laughs> no, also, uh, I could do the fingerprint thing and blow in my DS. Yeah, Emma Sky <laughs> would allow you to do all, all those fun little mini-games in order to solve a mystery. I think that's... It's bizarre, right? Because, like, we're in a timeline where obviously that didn't happen. Um... And now we are, like, given this object from, like, what, 10 plus years ago? Right. And we have the luxury of looking at it now and then realizing the context of which it could have existed in. But if I was a fan back then, would have I wanted an MS Sky game? I feel like I would have different opinions back then, and I feel like, obviously, 
the solution would have been to give it to Miles Edgeworth because he's the second most popular character in the Phoenix Wright games. I mean, I'm also right. really happy to play as Miles. I feel like he does deserve like something. You yeah, know? like I yeah. and I'm not I'm not offering up this information as a way to like you know dampen any the game or bring it down before we like really get into it you know full throttle uh i just thought it was really interesting context historically about how even when they were working on this game that they were really tossing ideas around for what do we even do for a spinoff game you know what what is the conceit the fact that they were even considering just little like essentially mini games that would be included with a different main game just to buff out the content um with like little dating sim games or or like little puzzle game type stuff you know i i I just find that really fascinating that they just were like okay we want to have a little team that does some little projects to get their feet wet in the ace attorney universe before they do a full game and then guess what it turned into a full game anyway (laughs) whoops yeah it's it's interesting right like i'm kind of I mean, I'm here for it. I want to see this shit. Um, now, I will say, we've got some really fun stuff ahead of us uh, in this game. So, uh, yeah, so we will keep at it, I think. Um, next time, we will be playing Case 2 of Ace Attorney Investigations, which is called Turnabout Airlines. Uh, I think there'll be some characters Whoa. in this one that everybody really likes, so I hope you are looking forward to it. Uh, you can follow the show on twitter at ace attorney pod to stay up to date on the latest episodes as well as our streams and youtube uploads of desi and i playing through the games you can follow me on twitter and co-host at yotsaben desi where can people find you at yes this is des on twitter and tiago at tiago s dutra on twitter and rose uh you can find me at trom arts on twitter where you can please please buy my art um, you can also find me at Rose Nonsense on other funny things such as co-host and Tumblr even, perhaps. Alrighty. Thank everybody for listening. We hope that you will rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Please. or your favorite favorite podcast platform of choice. I almost can get through that one. Uh, next episode, like I said, we'll be playing the second case of Ace Attorney Investigations, Turnabout Airlines. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. Excited to see Miles Ezra get airsick, honestly. <laughs>